tonight, uh, maybe you've seen our, oh, you didn't see the display there. It's called Watchmen on the Wall. There it is. Israel, the covenant, the conflict, and our commitment. You were given as you walked in the door, or maybe you didn't get the uh, handout, but I have two handouts for you. The first one says resources. That's for your uh, benefit, that's for you to take home. You can do some extra study on your own. We're gonna be doing this side first because the first part of my uh, delivery is just some information that you might wanna jot down, things you didn't know. What's a covenant versus a contract? Why is there a covenant? Where's the scripture location for that? Um, we might be talking about some geopolitical issues because, you know, this is a hot subject, right? You know the world we're living in right now. It is tumultuous. If you don't know that we're in the end of the end of days, come on. I want to awaken you today to a bunch of things. So I don't want to get ahead of my notes. So you have a place where you can jot down some things that you weren't sure of. Some things you might not know, but want to know. And then at the bottom, questions. I love this. I had to do this as a teacher. Questions I have about a topic or things I want to know more about. As you're sitting here and I'm talking because I might go on a bunny trail, all right? I tend to take a little side tour every now and again. Um, you might want to say, wait, she said that one word. You might want to jot it down so that you can explore on your own or ask questions later. I'll be here for... Uh, Three shows, no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'll be here, tonight is the covenant. Next week, we're gonna delve into Zionism, the biblical history of Israel, and the conflict. We'll be off for baptism, and then the third week, we'll be coming into how do we really pray for Israel effectively? And there'll be 21 areas of prayer. You won't wanna miss that, I will have handouts. Pastor Jim, I'm doing this for you. <laughs> he says, you got a handout? I said, yes. So I know he's geeking out. <laughs> and then finally, the fourth is a special night, March 6th. Please put it on your calendar. We're going to have heart and bowl worship, and the focus is on Israel. And it's going to be unique. It's not, it will not be dry. It will not be boring. You will be activated. So everybody say activated. That's why you're here that you are here to learn, to grow, and become effective and activated in the kingdom. So, let's see, I checked that. I'm just gonna check my boxes, guys, as I go. This is how I roll. Um, have you ever heard the phrase, Christine, you don't know what you don't know? Who's ever said that? Yeah, we've all said it. You don't know what you don't know until you know it, until somebody teases it to you, until you read about it, you Google it, right? So. In this class, tonight we're gonna go on a journey and we're gonna learn a few things. Some things you might know, some things you might not, but at the end of the series, you can't say and you won't be able to say, I don't know about Israel. You will not be ignorant any longer. You'll be schooled, listen, this is a broad brush. This curriculum that I've uh, taken my presentations from is about 12 hours of study. You would do it in a weekend course or over maybe a weekend. And I'm going to share with you how you can get more information about this. It's a broad brush of information. It's not going to be super, super detailed. I'll hit on some of the key points. I can't cover it all. 
Um, but I just wanted to let you know there is a place where you can get more information. So we're going to be schooled about Israel, the church, the nations, and the return of the Lord. My prayer is that Holy Spirit's going to stir you up, awaken you, and give you some revelation. And once you have that revelation, you move into activation. All right? We're not going to be boring here. Once you know, you have a responsibility. Did you hear that, guys? Once you have information, you are now responsible for what you carry. And so we're going to step forward, move out into what God wants us to know about his people, his land. Let's pray. Father, in the, we are attentive to your spirit. We thank you that you are opening our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to what you have to say about Israel, the land, the people, your plan, and your purpose for her. We thank you that you are aligning us with your word, your times, your seasons. You're training us up and drawing us deeper into this revelation. I thank you, Father, that in the year of 2024, we are growing strong in your word, that we're digging in, we're asking good questions, we're searching things out. And those things that have been hidden to us are now being revealed. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for blessing this time and this series. In the strong name of Jesus, everybody said... I'm sorry, everybody said? There you go. Are we living in unprecedented times? Yes. We, in the history of man, we have never seen things as they are in this day. We're seeing prophecy fulfilled in our lifetime. All right? We're not checking a box. It's not a thousand years from now. We are seeing it happen on almost a daily basis. And you say, what? When I stepped into the land of Israel, I was fortunate last year to take a trip right around this time. And when I stepped into the land, I went, oh, everything came alive. And I was literally walking into prophecy. And you're saying, well, what prophecy is that? Pastor James, do you know what prophecy we're talking about? He says, no. Well, I'm going to give you a couple scriptures, see if you can figure it out. The first is Isaiah 66. 8 through 10. Who has heard a thing? Who has ever seen things like this? Can a country be born in a day or a nation be brought forth in a moment? That's a hint. How about Ezekiel 37, 21 and 22? Then say to them, surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations wherever they've gone, and will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. <clears throat> there it is. I'll make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel. And Amos 9-11. Amos 9-11 uh, has been called the 9-1-1 for Israel. And here it says, and I want to read the whole thing and then go back because we are living in this day. It says, on that day, I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Eden. And all the Gentiles who are called by my name say, the Lord, who does this thing? Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine. You're going to see the mountains in a little bit. And all the hills shall flow with it. 
I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build up the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They will make gardens and eat fruit from them. I will plant them in their land, and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord. It's not my word. Isaiah said this a millennial ago, two millennial, three, a long time, right? What does he say? I'm going to bring them back into their land. I am raising up the tabernacle of David, the house of Israel. That day is this day. If you listen to Robert Stearns, he preaches a strong message out of Amos 901. And he says, that day is this day, and we are living in it right now. So let's check this out. Historically, and we'll go deeper next week into the history, but in April 1948, the British were over Israel right? Ottoman Empire had been uh, defeated. The British came in, and they kind of held on to things. At the end of World War II, they said, it is a good thing. There was a declaration in 1917, we'll look at that next week, called the Balfour Declaration. And you can get to head on your homework if you want, but it said, let's give Israel a land of their own. And British said, yeah, it's a good thing. And on 1948, the nation of Israel was born. One month later, when the Brits moved out, Ben-Gurion announced the creation of this state. But prior to that fulfillment and to present-day Israel, they have been fighting for their inheritance. It is a land that God has called for them, and yet they have fought with every ounce of their integrity for it. We can't deny that we're living in the final moments of the end of days. And this is what Matthew says. We're in Matthew 24. Do you know what Matthew 24 says? We are in a season of wars and rumors of wars, right? We're in a season of pestilence, of famine. We just look at the news, but we don't have to be troubled. We have to go through these things. But the Lord says it's just the beginning of sorrows. We need to be equipped and know what we're walking into and walking about. All right, so I'm not here to frighten you. You're, there's no fear here in the Lord. But I have to tell you the season that we're in. We are not at the 11th hour. We're not at 11.30. We're not at 11.45. We are in the final moments of the end of days, and the clock is ticking closer to midnight. Now, all through history, the sages have thought, oh, it's our time. No longer can we say that. We have seen more prophecy fulfilled. In this war against Israel, we have seen more things happen. It says in the end days that nations, ethnos, people groups, will rise up against the land and the people. Hello, we're seeing it. I'm sorry, we're seeing it. October 7th changed everything. I'm not going to get into the gore and all, but I have to tell you there was a line in the sand that was drawn in the spirit and is this that time of the end? Not yet, but we see we're moving closer. You got it? Come on. We, I'm here to awaken you and stir you up a little bit. Let's just talk briefly, geopolitically, about what happened. Israel has always been at war with people like Hamas, Hezbollah, Palestinian Liberation Army, right? There have many times been the declaration of, come on, let's make two-state situation come to pass. Israel five times, and we'll look at it specifically next week, five times said, hey, 
we'll offer you land for peace. They didn't want to. America has pushed it, and we got to be careful there. They didn't want it, but they offered. At one point, they gave, they offered four-fifths of the entire nation. And you're going to see pictures in a few moments. Four-fifths of the entire nation. Here, you take this chunk, we'll take a little bit. They said no. Anybody know why? Why they don't want peace? Why the enemies of Israel do not want peace? Jorge, he's got his hand raised. Shout it out. There it is, they want the whole pie. All right, it's not a little piece. You can say two-state solution, but the reality is they're gonna keep coming back. They want it all. There is a war between the house of Isaac and the house of Ishmael, all right? When, when Abram, right, was blessed with the covenant and the Lord says, I will make you a great nation, he had two sons, right? The illegitimate son Ishmael through Hagar and then Isaac the chosen, right? That blessing went to both. But the challenge is there is a, a war, all right? So I want you to be aware that when you say peace, peace, there will be no peace, all right? And when you hear that, peace and safety, be mindful of it. Don't be deceived. And I'm dropping some prophetic things in. Go, go look it up. Search it out, all right? Because this is a time and a season where we have to be schooled in what is going on in the nation, all right? So we'll, we'll share some more. So you are at a place of intersection. A point in history for a reason. This is your Esther moment. For, you've heard it. For such a time as this, you have been brought into the kingdom. But we forget the part before it. Let's look. I, it's not going to be up there, but I'm just going to read it. Esther 4.14. The previous, the previous sentence says, for if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Okay, big question. Are you going to remain silent? Listen, it happened in the 1930s. There, we are in a place of the rise of anti-Semitism like we have not seen in the history of the world. You say, oh, that happened, you know, the Holocaust, it was back there. That was regionalized. That was a nation, right? We're talking globally. Have you looked at the news lately? College campuses, university presidents, Nations that you never thought, South Africa, <laughs> would, would misalign. We'll go on and do more of the, the geopolitical and the current events next week. But come on, get your brain going. This is crazy, right? We are not dealing with a person or a people that are so vehement against Israel. What are we dealing with? It's a spirit. And if we don't know that, this is the season to say, what, a spirit? Yeah, there is a spirit of death. There is a spirit of antichrist. There is a spirit of anti-Semitism against the things of God. It's all about the person that wants God, the people that are in relationship with God. The enemy does not want us to have that connection. Would you agree? Yeah? So, so when you hear bad words, that's a spirit being 
spread forth. And we'll talk more about that. But I hope you're catching some of me. So let's talk about Genesis. There is scripture all throughout, but three specific places that talk about, whoops, I turned my pages too far. Sorry. Talked about covenant. All right. And I want to talk to you right now about covenant. What is covenant? Genesis 12, 1 and 3. That was the call that God gave to Abram. Isn't it interesting? Abram was from, are you ready? Canaanite land. He was from idol worshipers. And the Lord himself spoke to an idol worshiper. Do you think he can speak to you? Absolutely. So the Lord called Abram out. Go from your country, from your household to the land I'll show you. We'll make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you, and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Um, we're commanded. Bless, right? Because we've seen in history when nations do not bless Israel, calamity comes. A couple years ago, there was this political agenda to, again, two-party two state. And our government was involved in it. Know what happened right after that, Pastor Maureen? Uh, your, uh, Pastor Walt was so incredible. What happened was Hurricane Katrina. All right? You can do a historical timeline and then see the adverse effect when you don't align and come into agreement. Israel is our inheritance at Grace and Peace. It is what the church aligned with day one, Song of Solomon. Am I correct? The I think the original chairs were from a synagogue. Am I right? This is, am I right? Not a synagogue, but there has been a connection all along. Always a connection with the land and with the people. And I want to tell you that what you're hearing tonight is your DNA. So if you didn't know it, you know it now. This is part of our prophetic history here at Grace and Peace. So what is a covenant, everybody? In God's time, we think covenant and contract together. But that's not it. Listen to these words. It's an everlasting covenant. So... Normally, we understand contract. It's entered into because people have a common agreement about something. It takes determined effort where parties are involved to bring about a desired end. It's a relationship, but it's conditional. A contract like buying a house. You give me some money, make sure you make the payments. The contract says you get to have the house when it's all over, right? But when we look at the Bible and we look at covenant, we have to look from a Hebraic mindset, not a Western one. And that's our challenge even in this geopolitical issue. We're looking from Western mind. You have to be a Middle Eastern. And it says a covenant is entered into because people have a common vision, purpose, and faith. Covenant is always relational. It is not bound by time, distance, generations, or locations. Covenants are binding, not just legally, but spiritually and emotionally. There's always a witness involved and therefore a high level of accountability. Who are some people in the Bible that had covenant friendship? 
Jonathan and David, that was a covenantal relationship. All right? Um, let's see, Jacob and Laban, they had a relationship. So when we're here, we talk about, have you ever heard the term cutting covenant? Of course you have. In, in the Hebraic mindset, when you made an agreement, you cut covenant. In Genesis, going back, 15, 1 through 17, God talks to Abraham once again and says that I am going to make a covenant with you. At that time, there was the slicing of the sacrificial animals, right? And then this is what they would do. They would do a figure eight through the sacrifice. Well, who was the covenant with? The Lord and Abram. He put Abram to sleep. The Lord himself, through the burning, smoking pot, incense and fire, the cut animals of sacrifice, said, I am making covenant with myself. And the people that I have chosen and the land that I have selected. You can read on uh, further about that in Genesis, and we're going to uh, be going further along. And it says, I've set some boundaries. This is the next part of the covenant. And this is all Genesis uh, 12, 15, and now 17. It says, with my, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. There's that promise. I'm going to change your name. You're no longer Abram, but Abraham. I will make you father. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come to you. And I'll establish my covenant between me and your descendants after you in generations for an everlasting covenant. Everlasting means everlasting. It doesn't change. It doesn't go away. We have an everlasting God. No beginning, no end. It is eternal. So let's keep that in mind, too. As we look at the news, as, as things look dark and dismal, oh, no, it's an everlasting covenant. He's there. He's put, his name, he's put his name on the land. I can't wait to show you that slide. I'm excited. So we have been given an opportunity. You've been placed in a divine position to partner with the king of the universe on behalf of God's land and God's people. If ever there was a time to be watchman on the wall for his purposes for Zion, it is now. I say this is a key for, uh, psalm, uh, not a psalm, it's from Isaiah 62, a key verse that we pray often for Israel. 62, for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet till her vindication shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. Verse 6, I have posted watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They'll never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourself no rest. God partners with man. Have you called on the name of the Lord at any time in prayer? help. <laughs> Come on. You're a candidate. As Christians, we cannot separate our faith from that of the Jewish people and the land of Israel. So, this is a call to be watchmen, ladies and gentlemen, to pray, to intercede, to pray from victory and with the full backing of the Lord based on his desire and his plan. Isn't that exciting? 
We don't have to do it. Pray his word. It's done because he's backing you up the full, the full measure. So I want to read you something. Walter Wink was a, a pastor, prayer, and he said, he wrote this article and it says, history belongs to the intercessors who believe the future into being. Hello, that's faith. Calling things that be not as though they were. History belongs to the intercessors. Do you know one can put a thousand, two to ten thousand, right? And we can extrapolate that out. We probably have about 30, 40 people here, plus the internet. My gosh, do you know the authority, power, and shift that can happen just by us coming into agreement? Come on, I'm just going to keep preaching. Say an amen or something. Give me a little encouragement. (laughs) Could you be a Reese Howell? If you've ever heard who Reese Howell is, he was a great intercessor in Britain during World War II. He had a dream and a vision and a strategy plan, and he shared it, believe it or not. And they prayed through and saw incredible, victorious results. Six airplanes go up, a whole flight of German military coming at them, they go this way. That was a Reese Howell prayer. A man that groaned and staked his life with a small small group of people praying for his nation. It's time for us to get away from oh me, oh my, and say oh we, what does God want? All right? So yeah, that's still my introduction. No, I'm just teasing. (laughs) Getting anything out of this? Okay, well, I want to tell you that um, you have a prophetic destiny, not only biblically, but in the natural. Did you know that New Jersey is called the Watchman State? And if you didn't, you know it now. It is your job to see a thing, declare a thing. The scriptures say that if the watchmen see danger from afar and do not sound the alarm, shame on them basically, I'm paraphrasing. But if they sound the alarm and people do nothing, that's off them. He's done his job. It's our job to see and pray. All right. So I want to just give you a little personal note here. I have loved Israel for as long as I can remember. I long to go. I long to walk in the land. And I watched other people go ahead of me. I had children. I couldn't go. I was working. But that desire was stirred in me probably 25 plus years ago when I was at some revival meetings up in Wyckoff, New Jersey with Robert Stearns. We were in the height of revival in this region. And I tell you, every weekend we'd go up. My daughter was chewing on the pews (laughs) in those meetings. And I heard about Israel. I'm like, what? I heard music that sounded Israeli. You know, like, what is this? And I... There was just, I can just tell you that there was a desire. I don't know where it came from. I, come, I came from a background that was a little derogatory. I'll just lay it like that. And I had to repent of a lot of things and say, what? Where is this desire coming from? The Lord put it in me. And that dream was fulfilled last year. And um, I was excited. So in just a minute, we're going to actually be seeing some pictures of Israel, because how can you pray for the land if you've never seen it? You know, so I want to show you a little bit of it. I said earlier that Israel is part of the DNA of the Church of Grace and Peace. 
And there has been, believe it or not, a prayer group here that has been praying for over 18 years for Israel. Okay, that was called Isaiah 40 Ministries, but we now pray, thank God for Pastor Maureen, every morning, 6.30 a.m., there is a team of people that are praying for revival for you, our church, and Israel. Come join us. Okay. So, could we have the slides, please? This is the website I told you about earlier. The curriculum is here, but Robert Stern's Ministries, which is Eagles Wings Ministries, uh, which this church has been a part of and has been having a dynamic relationship with, has offered the curriculum for free, say free, free. till about the beginning of March, mid-March. You can go and walk through the modules, all right? And you can learn, and Robert was in the land when war broke out, so you're gonna get feet on the ground, boots on the ground information that's cutting edge, and I think you will be blessed, so that is there for you. So how can you delve deeper into the details of a topic unless you go there? On the walls of the Holocaust Museum of Israel, Yad Vashem, there's a quote from the British statesman Edmund Burke, which says, the only thing necessary for triumph to eat, uh, evil to triumph, is for good men to do nothing. So let's begin our journey. A picture speaks a thousand words. Many of us pray for Israel, but we haven't seen it. So let's take a look at the land her beauty, her diversity, where Jesus walked. I'm going to just step over here. This is the Middle East. Can you find Israel? Just that little blue spot about the size of New Jersey. It's about 85 miles wide, 250, 60 miles long. You can get from one side east to west in about an hour and a half and north to south, maybe six hours. We're gonna just stay on this slide for a minute, thank you. Um, that other slide you just saw, just so you know, one ray of hope, everybody say hope. In Hebrew, it's called Hatikva. That is their national anthem, the hope. Israel is the hope, the hope for the region. All those nations that surround it are Muslim. I'm sorry, I just have to say this. You, you can clean up the mess afterwards. <laughs> have you heard about, you know, colonialism? Uh, historically, what is Israel gathering? <laughs> All right, I, I just need to insert that seed there for a minute. But let's move, hey, let's look at this from top to bottom. The blue in the middle is the Dead Sea, and up at the top, that piece of blue is the Galilee the Kinneret. Israel has hills, it's like New Jersey. It's got mountains, it's got lowlands. For them, it's the desert. For us, it's South Jersey, below Ocean County. It's got beaches, beautiful beaches. It's got wilderness. It's New Jersey. We have a connection, believe it or not. All right, slide number, next one, please. This is the River Jordan. Yes, I got baptized in the River Jordan. Yes, that's where Nahum had to dunk seven times to be healed. 
It's the boundary of Israel and Jordan. Do you see the benches over there? There's a soldier, that's a Jordanian soldier. That's how close we are to the border. They're usually very nice, they wave. You know, it was great when we were there. But uh, I wanted you to see the river, see what it's like. Because there is a chant going out. I know you've heard it, but a wise Jewish man from New Jersey took copyright on that chant. From the river to the sea, I'm not gonna say the rest. There was a review done recently going on to college campuses for marches. What river? What sea? They didn't know. If we could go back and look at a historical map, which we'll do next week, the region that Israel is today is a small portion, historically, of what she should own. It went into Jordan, it went up into Syria, Iran, Iraq, it's the river Euphrates and the Tigris Euphrates all the way down to the Nile River of Egypt. So we wanna get our facts correct. Sound good? Okay, next slide. Thank you. Um, when we were, you saw the picture of the map, there was these gray areas. Can we, I'm sorry, can we just go back to Israel map for a minute? Why am I telling this? Because if we don't know the geography, we don't get half of what's going on. The gray to the left, you'll see is Gaza. Do you see all that gray in the middle? That's the West Bank. I wanna tell you, that's like taking Ocean County, Monmouth County, Middlesex County, Union County, part of Burlington County. What's above Union County? I don't remember. But taking that whole chunk, and you have to go through checkpoints. All right, that's West Bank, that's not Israel. Palestinians can come and go as they please as long as they have the right documents. Now you can go to the next sign. This is real signs in Israel that I took pictures of. The entrance for Israeli citizens is forbidden, dangerous to your lives. The one over there, entry forbidden for Israeli citizens. So get the narrative correct. Israel, Israel's not keeping anybody out. They actually have supported the economy. Over 15,000 workers passed through borders in Israel. So I just wanted to just drop that into your thoughts for a moment. Go ahead, next one. Thanks. Perfect. This is Tel Aviv, modern city. Only second in technology to Silicon Valley. Isn't that interesting? Beautiful beaches, continuing. That's the old city of Joppa. Maybe you know um, a prophet that sailed out of Joppa because he didn't want to go to Nineveh. That's also the town of Simon the Tanner. Go ahead, continue. The Galilee. This is where Jesus walked and talked. That hill in the back, I took this. When you hear the scripture, a city on a hill, that's the hill they were talking about. Continue. This is the Golan Heights. It's the upper region. Think of Hackensack. No, further up. The, the northern part of our state, mountain regions. All right? Um, hills, villages, uh, kibbutz, beautiful area. They're fighting in that area right now. Lebanon is shooting rockets. Syria is shooting rockets right now as we speak there. Go ahead. 
This is Megiddo, the Valley of Armageddon, taken from uh, Mount Carmel. I wanted you to get a view of the expanse. It is huge. It's sometimes called the Great Rift. It's a wide valley, and it goes for miles from Mount Carmel all the way down past Nazareth. Do you see the V in the back? I think it's pretty interesting. That is an Israeli army base. Continue. Thank you. This is Mount Hermon. When you read your Bible, you now have a visual. Psalm um, 133, how good and pleasant it is for men to dwell together in unity, right? It's like the dew of Mount Hermon, the mountain of Zion. Thank you. Continue. The Dead Sea, it's beautiful. Those are the hills of Moab, just so you know, in, the, in Jordan. Do you see the beautiful greenery of the palms? They made the desert come alive. It was desert. Next scene. And there it is, the Negev. That's what it was. And that's what a majority of Israel is. The bottom half. Think Ocean County South. Desert. They made date groves. So the very scripture coming alive. Go ahead, next one. We're almost done. And Getty, when you read the Psalms, think of this picture. It is an oasis in a wilderness. This is where David wrote the Psalms. And in the caves in this region, it is where he hid with his mighty men of war from Saul. Love that place. There are three, three falls, actually, that you can hike. Continue. These are the caves of Qumran where the Dead Sea Scrolls are founded. Why do we support Israel and the Jewish people? They kept the Bible alive. I'm sorry, I got to say it. They were the ones that hid it away, that sequestered it so people wouldn't get to it. They were called the Essenes. The Jew Pastor Ralph will probably give you much more information. But the Essenes, Jews, lived in this region, and they were the ones that also did the writings and saved it. Am I right, Pastor Ralph? Whew. Okay. Do you see the little holes? Those are caves. All right. So imagine being uh, David's mighty men hiding out. Thank you. Next one. Okay. I put this up here because we're praying for Israel. This is the Eastern Gate. The Bible says that Jesus will stand on the Mount of Olives the earth will split in two, waters will come through the Kidron Valley, and he will march into Jerusalem, take his throne through the Eastern Gate. Why is it bricked up? Anybody know? Conquerors bricked it up, specifically Islamic, Muslim conquerors. If we, if we block it up, he can't return, he can't get, I mean, think about it, right? What people don't understand is the Jews are waiting for their Messiah. The Muslims are praying and creating chaos because in their religion, they're waiting for the Mahdi, the 12th Iman. You can search that out on your own, put it down on your sheet. The 12th Iman, the Mahdi, they're waiting for that because when he comes and chaos is outbroken and everybody else is in dismay, he will come and rescue for seven years of peace. Hmm. So it's interesting that they are pushing. What are we waiting for? The return of the Lord for the second time. And it's close. It's close. So I wanted you to see the land. Go ahead. 
This is from the ramparts, and we're looking at the Mount of Olives. Will Jesus will return? You say, why? Why are you showing this? You have to get a visual. You have to understand this is not a story. This is reality. This is our reality. Thank you. And I spoke about it earlier. God has put his name on the land. That's the old city. Jerusalem is a hill, a valley, a hill, a valley, a hill. Do you see that symbol? It's a Hebrew letter. Anybody know the letter? It's okay if you don't. You'll learn something new. It's called Shin. And it represents El Shaddai. The barrel-chested one. Come on. He writes his name on the land. If you take nothing away, that blue, I knew it, but until I stood there and saw it, blew me away. And the last one. This is a 2,000-year-old olive tree on the Mount of Olives. Probably was there in the grove when Jesus prayed. You would not have seen that church. You would have seen many olive trees, all right, where Jesus sweat blood took a cup that he didn't want to take, but he did willingly for our sake. Look at the tree. We are the wild, shoot, right? Grafted in to the root. Israel and us, perfect together. All right. So you say, Jane, are you done? No, that was just the introduction. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do it. I had to say it. I had to say it. I'm a teacher. Okay, so go to your handouts. Now's, now's the schooling. We're in school. Everybody say, I'm in school. You have a very detailed handout of what I'm going to cover, all right? You don't have to follow it if you don't want to, but I want you to understand that we stand with Israel because God says we should. We want to be blessed. I think I've given you enough. We are the wild shoot coming into the root. Roman tells us that. Romans, uh, <clears throat> sorry, says all Israel will be saved. It says, um, we're reminded that while because of unbelief, some of, the bro some of us are broken off, but you stand in faith. We are not to become haughty with fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches... He may not spare you either, but in the fullness of the Gentiles, all Israel will be saved. We are coming in. Listen, the word of the Lord was for the Jew first, then the Gentile. All right? We're living in these sobering times, last days, times. What does Israel say? Eight reasons for standing with Israel. We're we are charged to, you ready? Stand with Israel because God says it. It's his divine order. He selected the people. We read it in Genesis 12, 13, 12 and 3. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And all the, fam all the families of the earth will be blessed. All the families, does every ethnos is going to be blessed through the delivery. Why? Because out of the Jewish people, Jesus came. Amen. These are the Lord's purposes. We make it a priority because he has He's selected the people. This is not only to the people, but the land also. He's going to be judging nations. Did you know that? He says he's going to be judging nations on who what? Stands 
And who doesn't? And I don't know about you, sorry, prophetically speaking, we're seeing a little people taking sides. I don't want to say who right now, but you can go right down the list. Who's supporting, who's not, who's contending, who's not. It'll, be, it'll interest you to know that some nations you thought born in Christianity are not supporting the land. We do this because the Lord chose Israel for a purpose. Romans 9 and 4, uh, where is it? Speaks about the adoption, the glory, whoops, and the covenants. And you can look up Romans for yourself right there. I'm, I'm searching it out for me. It's out of my notes. I'm so sorry. I got turned around. I got too excited. But we really kind of covered the Abrahamic covenant, right? He gives you the people. We have the Mosaic covenant, which is the law. You'd think Leviticus, the way to live. We've got the new covenant. Jeremiah spoke to us about the new covenant in this, but he's an Old Testament prophet. It says, this is the covenant I make. I'll put a new law in their minds and write on the tablets of their hearts, I will be their God and they will be my people. Isn't that beautiful? Ezekiel says something similar. I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I'll remove the heart of stone, give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful. I don't know. We could just stop and to keep my laws. We could just stop there and meditate on that. He shifts us. He changes us. How many times have you had a hardened heart about something? He can change that for you. All right? Why else? We have the greatest gift, Jesus, who was sent to us through the Jews. Scripture says we're dealing with roots of everything that have to do with the revelation of God to humankind. Remember this battle we're in is a spiritual battle. They don't want to be, they don't want the revelation of the Lord to be released. Aha, but geopolitically, I'm just going to pause for a second. Did you know that dreams are coming to the Arabs in Gaza? The man, if you want to pray, pray for the man in white. The man in white, they are seeing the Lord Jesus now in Gaza and being, what, saved. All right, so moving on. Number two, our place in God's present order links us with the Jews, and there by the land of Israel we're in the word. Romans 2 and 28 says, not a Jew outward, but one inward, circumcision of our heart in spirit not in the letter, but through the praise of God. Galatians shares, right, I can see this. Sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus were baptized in Christ, and we put on Christ. We're neither Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or free. You are in Christ. And if you're in Christ, then you are, here it is, Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. We st didn't we just start that? We started with Abraham and a promise. But if we're in Christ Jesus, we are inherent to that promise. Amen? All right. Number four, Israel's present conflict. We kind of touched on this. 
they've been defending the land for years and years and years. I just want to review that Palestinian goal is not to have a homeland. They don't want Israel to have a homeland. They just want the annihilation of a people group. And it's, I remember this from Pastor Walt so many times. First the Saturday people, and then the Sunday. If you haven't noticed, Christians are now the minority in a woke world. Secular humanism, I think it's called. Is that right, Pastor Ralph? Right? Do what you feel is right. No moral compass. If we do not come into an understanding of where we are in this relationship, your life could very well be on the line. There is persecution now all around for Jewish people. That's why we must be educated. We have a community just five miles north of us that love, love, love Hashem, love the Lord. Are you willing to stand for your Jewish neighbor, the Jewish business partner? I say yes. I am. Are you willing to be a safe haven for them if they come into trouble? I am. You know, I, I, I just, when I was talking to Pastor Jim and I said, this is so important, this topic. Three weeks into the war, things were still up and down. And I went to him and I said, I saw a vision. I don't get a lot of visions or dreams, but I saw a movie trailer. And this is what I saw. You ready? Coming to a city near you. The war broke out in Gaza. There was anti-Semitism all crossing the nations and the globe. And I heard very clearly, coming to a city near you. Hello, it has come to the shores of the United States. Look up, wake up, because it's first the Jew and then the Christian. We must lock arms. You must lock arms with your Jewish brother and sister. I can't be more passionate than that because you don't know when that coming is coming. Do you know that the department of FBI, it was, put out a blurb? This is, I'm sorry, I'm crisscrossing a little bit, but that's okay. You'll, you'll fix it. They, they, they put out a, 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 a notification because our borders are wide open. Beware, there are cell groups in the nation. We pray against that in the morning. Pray against nefarious acts of war in our own land, on our own land, in our own towns. Please, at least start doing that. I'm, I'm giving you some, oh, I should have put a list there, prayer points. <laughs> prayer points. So next week we'll have a whiteboard and we're going to start putting prayer points. Well, we know we're praying for the Gazans to see Jesus, and they are. We're praying for the protection of the people. We're praying for the IDF. We're praying for our nation. All right? This is why we do not want to be a goat. <laughs> we want to be a sheeple. That was a t-shirt probably 10, 15 years ago. I'm a sheeple. I follow the Lord. Okay. Enough, Jane. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Standing with Israel is not opposing Arab people. Please let me say that again. Standing with Israel is not opposing Arab people or opposing the right to live peacefully, politically secure, 
and have a prosperous life. Can I tell you, they have a beautiful life in Israel. Israel, Arab, Arab Christians, Israelis, secular Jews, living right next door to each other. Beautiful thing, beautiful thing. I, um, our, our guide, one was Arab <laughs> and one was a secular Jew. It was a beautiful relationship. The forces opposed to Israel are not just those that do not like Jews. It's a, we, we said this, but I'm going to say it again. It is a spiritual force. It's a spiritual stronghold. It cannot be taken down politically or by persuasion, but only through intercessory prayer. Everybody say that. Only through intercessory prayer. Principalities and powers are cast down. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with powers, principalities, rulers of the air. Are you all with me? Ephesians 6. Hello? This is a prayer initiative. This is a prayer requirement. Are you going to take up the scepter of responsibility to pray? Sorry, I'm getting a little, if I, if I nudged you, sorry. I, t- I warned you, that, you know, like I might put my finger on a few things. Maybe you have some heart issues, some, some relationship issues you have to deal with about uh, the Jewish people. Maybe it's the Arab people you have to, you know, check your heart about, right? But you have to know that you have to pray. There is a spirit of Amalek. Benjamin, and, and I, I am going to toot the horn for Benjamin Dietrich, who was here in the fall. Benjamin does a message called Pursue, Overtake, Recover All. That is the battle that David fought at Gilgal against the Amalekites. And that's like a whole message unto itself. But there is a spirit, a murderous, a murderous spirit, a spirit associated with death, a spirit that desires to create chaos. That's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a spirit. So we have to spite war on a spiritual level. Oh, we're good. Timing seven. The same spirit is not equally opposed to Christians as to Jews. Persecution is coming to both. There's a spirit opposed to God and everything about him. We're called to stand with Israel today because we could be, and I really believe we are, in the last hours. Psalm 22, 6 demands, it's a command, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper those who love you. There are two places we're told to pray. Pray for your city. Pray for Jerusalem. We saw Jerusalem. It's a beautiful place. It's a glorious, you you sense the presence of the Lord. We need to step up. We need to step out. We need to be, as Robert Stern says, be loud about our convictions. We need to come alongside. We need to support. Maybe that means don't go to Joe's bagel shop, go down to the Kanish place. You know, I'm serious. Maybe you need to support businesses. There are some things that you can do locally to support the Jewish people. So I have a couple questions for you. Right on the money. I'm sorry. You know, when I taught, I used to overteach. And I'm like, yes, right here at the end, five minutes left, some questions. Remember that section for the questions? Where are you? Have you always loved the land? Have you never heard of it? 
Is this eye-opening for you? Is it causing you to wet, is it a wet assault, you know, on your tongue, wanting you to drink more of the water of the word to delve in? Where are you at? I want you to um, kind of do a mental ascent right now, you know? Did I know nothing and now I know something? Are you on the fence? Not quite sure. Are, is there something in your heart that you may need to repent of? Anti-Semitism, slang words, a racial joke. What's going on? Are you ready? Are you ready to commit? I don't know, I can't answer that for you. But I do believe that the Lord himself is here and present, wanting to work in us and brood over us and move us from complacency to activity. From ignorance into intelligence. And that means we speak intelligently about the topics. We don't argue. Are you all with me? Where are you? Will you stand on the wall? Listen, Nehemiah had to build a wall, right? The, the, the walls of Jerusalem were crumbling. He says, I have an assignment from the Lord. And with a weapon in one hand and a trowel in another, he went and he built the wall. And he had the families come to the wall, but there were gaps in the wall. And Sambalot used to say, hey, hey, Nehemiah, come on down here. I got something to say to you. He says, no, I'm too busy. I'm too busy building the wall. Where are you? Can you build the wall? Can you come into that place standing in the gap, making up the hedge for Israel? Will you pray for your brother? He is our older brother. We are grafted in. We are united in one God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They, the, the Jews, and it's on my ring. I actually got a ring from Israel, and it's the Shema. The Lord is one. Shema Israel Adonai. Check it out. Look up the Shema. The Lord is one for us. The Lord is one for them. We are united. And so with that and two minutes left, if anybody, I'm going to pray, but if anybody wants prayer down here at the front, um, I'll be here to pray. The pastors or any of the prayer team will be able to pray with you. I want more of a hunger for the Lord. I want more understanding about what you've said. I'm a little lost. Um, I, I, I need to repent of something in my heart. Whatever that is, we're here for you. And we believe that God is going to move mightily in you in this time and in this season. Next week, I'll be talking more geopolitically. And I'll be having some, again, some pictures. So if you want to come on back, that would be great. But Father, in the strong name of Jesus, we thank you that you have broken through the wall of hindrance of our minds, hearts, and ears, that we are open and educated to the love you have for your land and for your people, and that it is not separate from the love you have for us. We thank you, Lord, as the younger brother grafted in, holding tightly to the older brother, that you are educating us, raising us up, so that we can glorify you in all things. We bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' strong name, amen.